Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod with me, Johnny Hammond, and World Cup winner and multiple Grand Slammer, Rachel Burford. Thanks for joining us on our weekly catch-up from the world of women's rugby. On this pod, we journey around the globe from the latest news and views from the women's game. And this week, our tour bus stops in Wales. Roland Phillips squad are now preparing for an unprecedented autumn international, which will see them play over five weeks straight in November. Along the way, they'll take in trips to Madrid, Dublin and Glasgow before finishing with a game against the Barbarians at the Principality Stadium. To look ahead to those games, we'll be joined by current Welsh fly half and health food guru, Eleanor Snowsill, also known as Snowy. And as ever, we'll have our weekly roundup for the Tills Premier 15s. So all of that on the way, but let's start with uh, with you, Berth. How's the injury? It's progressing well. I mean, touch wood. Um, I'm back in training this week and was last week. Um, so yeah, things are looking good. Apparently, they can't do without you as a water girl. Actually, you become so indispensable <laughs> in that role. Well, yeah. I'm, I think the first game of the season set me up badly because I had to get on the pitch a lot for 101 nil. Um, but yeah, no, I don't particularly want that armband anymore. Well, I mean. Staying with the uh, the Tyrrells Premier, it has been a um, a week with some news in there, hasn't it? Um, some really really good news, especially up north, Newcastle Falcons starting a women's side. Yeah, I feel like that's come out of nowhere a little bit. I think it's caught a lot of people by surprise because I, to be honest, I heard that Sale were looking to be interested in into putting a team in the Tyrrells Premier fifteen, and we might see that. We we don't know, but um, a few rumours, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great to see another Northeast side um, coming into play. Um, I'm sure Sarah Hunter would be very pleased, and Katie Day McLean, as that's their um, hometown. So, it'd be int- <laughs> so you'd be interested to see if there's um, some more movement that goes forward. And of course, they they join they join Exeter, who who announced that in the summer, and they've lined up their 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 coach, haven't they? And Sue Zappi, who uh, who takes over after Christmas. Yeah, I mean, so it, the the question's probably on everybody who's going to be coached at Newcastle because when players have movement, you know, they like to know who's going to be involved in that management team. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's definitely shown that the last three years that the Tyrrells Premier 15 has opened up eyes to a lot of clubs around the country and that they're hugely interested. And, you know, more of the men's Prem rugby sides are now looking in thinking we want a piece of that. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, it's such a... Fast-growing game that, uh, as you say, these Premiership sides want to get involved. Worcester made swift action, didn't they, earlier in the season? Rather football-like style of dismissal of, of Royston Davis or Roy Davis, um, and they've announced a new director of rugby this week. Yes, they have. And Joe Joe Yap has now been announced as director of rugby. I think is she's got a huge history at the club, so it's a great signing for them. You know, she was a player there. Her family have played there. Her, um, her husband has coached there. So very deep-rooted, which goes a long way when you're in that environment. There's a lot of players there that she's very familiar with because a lot of them from the under-20s, which was Joe Yap was the England under-20s coach. Um, so I think it's a really good signing for them. Um, I, you know, Joe will be under no illusion that there's a lot of work to do there and it's a young developing team. Um, but I'm sure that she'll make leaps and bounds with that team moving forward. What would be first on her list then, Berth? We, we, we know um, top six uh, are going to be reinvited automatically to, to, to apply for Tyrrell's Premier. That process is going on now, I believe, and the clubs will even know in December whether, whether they're going to be invited straight back into the TPs for, for next season. Uh, and the following seasons, what what will be on first on her list to get into that top six? I think for for Joe, or as I know as Yappy, I'm sure that she'll go Is in she? there. 
Is she? Yeah, former scrum half. Oh, yeah. yeah well, actually, only on the pitch. Um, she's not like your terrorist, typical, normal, yappy number nines. Um, not like a Mo Hunt or a Leanne Riley type nine. Um, so I think, you know, going into there, she's been doing a bit of work with them anyway. She was doing some skills coaching. And as I said, she knows some of the players. So I think she'll be looking to try and to get, first and foremost, to probably target certain games. Um, and look towards that and build the team around those areas. I think she needs to bring the team together more in terms of the pack and the backs working more cohesively um, because there's a lot of raw talent that if we can join it up together, then they could create something very special. Yeah, good news for, for Worcester then. And uh, as you mentioned there, Joe went from the under-20s. A little bit of news around the, the under-20s uh, this week. Uh, again, someone else who you know extremely well, Amy Taylor, Turner being involved. Yes, Amy Turner, she's been involved in the talent pathway um, for the last year now. She took on that role. She left the police. Um, she wanted to stay more involved. She was actually doing player coach down at Harlequins and then this opportunity came up with the RFU. Um, and now she's she's done some work over the summer in terms of leading the seven side, the under-18s, and now she's moving into the under-20s role, which is just phenomenal for a player of her calibre in terms of her experience, her knowledge. Um, but I think the the greatest thing that she'll bring to, to being that coach is the amount of empathy that, that she has. She's a really caring and understanding and nurturing individual to help, you know, that sort of environment when you've got under-20s, you know, exploring, learning about themselves, trying to find their way in the game of rugby, especially now where the women's game is, um, to look after those players and nurture them um, to becoming, you know, good, strong female um, senior women to then progress through the Red Rose pathway. I think it's a fantastic role for her and I'm sure she'll relish it. Yeah, she, she's one of those players when she was playing that every single person you spoke to in and around the game, all of them, without being prompted, she's one of the most skillful players to have ever played in the Red Roses. So good luck to her alongside James Cooper as well. I'm Simon Middleton and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. To our special guest this week, she is Wales' current fly half, Bristol Bears stalwart, a proud barbarian and a school of hard knocks coach. It's a big WRP welcome to Eleanor Snowsill. How are you? Thank you much. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good or, thanks. Or should we call you the princess? <laughs> Where did you get that from? Ah, <laughs> now you see, I obviously commentated on your on your game at the weekend and uh, Kim Oliver, your, your head coach, went to great pains to let me know oh, you're called sure the princess. Yeah, do you know what? I don't know how it's happened, but that's my nickname in the Welsh squad and the Bristol squad. I think it must just be a coincidence. I actually think it's a 10 thing. As a 12, they don't particularly like tackling, so we always call them the princesses because they love to just slide and say, your tackle, your tackle. Yeah, I think it's definitely a 10 thing, and it might also be something to do with my quite high standards with like food and stuff. Um, off, you know, like around camp and everything. So, yeah, it's probably something to do with that as well. Lovely. Let's go. Let's go back to uh, just to touch back of the weekend uh, and the Bristol game. Um, guessing you might be a little bit disappointed not to not to bring anything out of the game. Yeah, that was really disappointing game. Um, <laughs> for the couple of days after, I tried not to think about it because it was one of those games that really gets to you. Um, I think just I think we did you know all right in the first half in parts. Um, 
myself, I performed awfully in the second half, I think, and, and a couple of us really struggled. And, um, you know, I mean, we got over the line once, you know, and then got pushed out into touch, and we had scrum after scrum after scrum where we were really dominating but still didn't get anything from it. So it was just one of those really frustrating games. I mean, last weekend, El, this was the game that I kind of pipped for the weekend and I actually backed you guys to do the job. And, and although you, you took on a bit of personal responsibility there, you know, as a whole, there was quite a lot to be positive about. It's just kind of that final execution part. I mean, I know you're obviously facing us this weekend. I don't want to give too much away, but is there like a couple of like obvious things that you guys are going to focus on in training this week? Yeah, I think it's one of those where things just really didn't go for us on the day. Um, and I do think at times our, that's where our sort of age comes into it, sort of shows, because in those tight games, sometimes experience and uh, slightly older players, although I didn't bring it on the day, you know, normally they would sort of calm things down and sort of just settle people down again. But we have got such a young team. Um, and I guess against, you know, the experience of Wasps and, and the physicality that they brought, uh, which we probably didn't, I don't know, I guess we probably weren't fully prepared for on the day, maybe. Um, so I, I guess, I don't think we'll dwell too much on it. Like you said, there were positives from it. We'll look at them, um, learn from the things that we can improve on, and, yeah, face a new this weekend. <laughs> So, Johnny, you were at the game commentating. I mean, what sort of things do you reckon um, Eleanor Snosey and Bristol are going to be working on for this weekend? Um, I, I'm with Elle there. I, I thought the first half, they were good. The, the one thing, I, and the first thing I probably will say, it's a bit like the sort of Scotland-Japan game. It wasn't really about Bristol. It was actually about how, how good Wasps were. Um, their defence was outstanding. Really, really w- was good. Harriet Miller-Mills, an outstanding player herself, went off very, very early. But still, that back row, we, we know all about Claire Malloy and, and her work on the ground. But their defence, their defensive speed, their physicality was absolutely brutal at times. And young Bristol's got a little bit lost. Um, I saw Amber Reid before the game, and I think she's a perfect glue, isn't she? That kind of player. A little bit more mature in the way that they approach the line, especially when they're on the attack. And unforced errors. There are a lot of unforced errors, which, which I know Kim Oliver was, was particularly niffed about post-game. Uh, and what about your, your guys up at Darlington? Yeah, I think there was um, they, they played really well, actually. Um, there was a few areas in our defence that we're going to be looking at this week. Um, but overall, we're really proud with the result. Because, you know, as we've spoken about Darlington, they've been putting a lot of pressure on teams. Um, and they certainly put pressure on us as well when we were there. So for us to come away with a strong win was was good. You want to just rattle through those those results then. A Wasp won at Bristol at 18-10. DMP 21, Quinns 50. Saracens, big score, 55-3 over Worcester. How do you see that one? Yeah, I, l- I think all the results this weekend kind of played out how we expected. Um, we called that Bristol Bears and Wasp game going to be quite tight. Um I probably would have expected more from more result from Saris. I f- would have thought we'd seen some more points being at home. Big game for them. Um, so I'd, I would have thought they would have put a few more points on the board. Cracking the whip. Uh, Loughborough, <laughs> they did put some points on the board. Yeah, 91 <laughs> points to 10. I mean, that's a, a huge statement. Obviously, that's a big reaction from the result the week before um, on the back of the Saris um, game where they lost in the dying seconds. So... <laughs> Yeah, look out, Loughborough Lightning are, are here to score tries. Gloucester, 31, Richmond, 12. Good try by uh, 
Hannah Field, the, the Richmond captain, they, they seem to have really bounced back since week one when they uh, they had a cricket score put on them by by you guys at Quinns. Yeah, they have done so. Um, yeah, I think adding Hannah Field and Jess Wooden um, back into the side are huge for them. Um, they bring great leadership um, and great go forward. And as you can see there, Hannah Field's captain leading by example. Well, obviously, Quinns and Saracens right at the top of the table, maximum 20 points each. I mean, Quinn's 198 points difference after four games. Sarah's 115. It, it, it's early days, but our top two are drifting away, have, have gone off like a, a rocket. Uh, are we already seeing, uh, of course, the uh, the 14th of December when they when you guys meet Saracens at the stoop, uh, but are we already seeing this league is a battle about third and fourth, those semi-final spots? Um, I think it's still a little bit too early. I think last weekend, you know, Loughborough nearly done the job on Saracens. Um, so I think it's a bit too early to call at the moment. Um, you know, that 14th of December is going to be a huge game. It's going to be pretty exciting to see who can take, um, get the one over each other. Um, but yeah, I think it's still a little bit too early. You've still got players to come back into sides. There's, it's a long season. There's going to be some breaks in the middle. So I don't think you can write it just yet, Johnny. Fair enough, I have been told. Uh, and the second of the uh, the RFU's live streaming comes uh, from Twyford Avenue this weekend. Was against Loughborough. Live feed, 2 o'clock on the Tyrrell's Premier 15's website, the England Rugby Facebook page and the England Rugby YouTube channel. Cap Merchant will be alongside myself for that one. Do join us. the second part of our chat with Eleanor Snowsill, the Wales and Bristol fly half as she drills down into everything Welsh rugby. Good, if we can uh, sort of move into uh, the international stuff uh, uh, and Wales. Some of our listeners won't, won't really know too much about um, Welsh club rugby and, and the, the sort of pyramid which gets you to, to the top where you've been for, for many years now. If you could just, just brief, briefly explain the, the setup and the kind of the model, the pathway for, for, for young girls in Wales to, to, to go through club uh, and into the international phase. Yeah, so at the grassroots level, um, we've got a great sort of cluster system. Um, so they're not called clubs, they're called clusters. And um, it's massively increased participation at grassroots for us. Um, I think they run from the ages of, I think, five to through to 16 or 17. Um, and they run in the summer months. And, you know, I've been down to a few and the numbers that they get there are incredible. So we've got now, they've been running for about five years, I think. So we've got loads of girls now who are coming through the system who've been playing for, for a long time. Um, for us seniors, um, we have to play regional uh, to qualify for the national team. So we've got uh, five, well, we've got four regions now. Uh, Ospreys, Dragons, RGC and Blues and that was this year that was played over August so we played uh, you know, three games against each other and the autumn squad was selected from that And just in terms of looking ahead now to the, to the autumn internationals, I know that last season a lot of the Welsh players weren't playing in the English league and now that's all, is that all changed now and have we got more players playing in those leagues and available now to selection? Um, I think the fact that they moved regional to August has definitely freed up some more players to play because last year regional was during the Prem, um, so it was very difficult to do both. You really you couldn't really do both. We have always had Welsh players playing in the Prem when they can, um, but I think with the more publicity that the Prem's got and, and all that sort of thing, there you know we definitely have had an increase of players over. Like in Bristol, 
you know, we've had four four girls come over that I recruited from my region over the summer. Um, <laughs> so I should I should really be charging the Bears commission, shouldn't I? Oh, nice agent now as well. Yeah. <laughs> the Princess Agency. Yeah. Now I know obviously this side of uh, of the. Um, of the bridge, we've been hearing about uh, Ryan Jones getting involved. Obviously, Geraint John and and and, and Charlotte Watham as well. What, what what initiatives have you seen the last five years? You see, seen that participation, especially in young girls, just go through the roof in Wales. Yeah, it's this, it's this cluster club that I, I spoke about. Um, the the thing that they've really focused on is two two things that they've done differently. They've moved it to summer rugby, so um, they're looking to not compete with girls football and, and other sort of sports like that. Um, and then and also the weather. Um, so they're looking to attract new players that might normally be put off by you know rain and mud or whatever. And then secondly, they haven't associated it with clubs. So. If you associated it with a club, there might be rival clubs within the same region that you know their parents might not want to send their girls to that club. So by making it a cluster, you give it its own identity um, that doesn't have any preconceptions from the men's game. I really like that, what they've done there, because there's some of the barriers that we face in England in terms of girls' rugby. You know, some of them have to move to different clubs and they don't want to go to a club, so we actually lose them. And, you know, there's actually talks about the international game and, and maybe shifting that to a summer time to, you know, like you say, not having to play in the when in the wind and the wet and the rain and things and trying to make it a bit more attractive. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how that all plays out in, in the future. It will be, definitely. I think... You know, playing our um, regional games in August, I was thinking, oh, brilliant, now we're going to get some really nice rugby, um, you know, sim- similar sort of conditions to sevens. It just so happens on all three weekends, it absolutely tipped it down <laughs> with rain. <laughs> typical. So, yeah, yeah, it was typical. At least it wasn't cold. Um, but no, I definitely think, you know, there, there are positives to playing in the summer. Um, and one of those would be, you know, a more open, expansive game. Yeah, I'm not sure many players would argue against playing in a, a warmer climate and sunny, dry conditions, that's for sure. No, definitely not. And so just moving again into the international side of things, obviously the, the Welsh squad's just recently been announced for the Autumn Internationals. And yeah. um, you touched on it there a little bit about Bristol in terms of young players and you've got 14 new uncapped players been announced into that side. I mean, that's quite exciting, isn't it? And I think... You know, for you though, obviously you're seeing that in in the Bristol aspect. How are you going to help bring along, you know, with all your years of experience and your expertise? How are you going to support those players into that team? You know what? It makes me feel so old. (laughs) Experience. Just keep on keep using that word. You're experienced. Experienced. I know. That's what you get tagged with now, isn't it? Um, No, it is brilliant. Like um, having those young girls, they haven't got any preconceptions of you know. Uh, how things are or, or who players are you know and I, I think we might find that when we come to the autumns they're not going to have any fears of, of who to play against because they, they you know they haven't had that experience before so it's going to be quite nice they're also girls who have come up and played rugby for a young age so they've got that natural confidence in their ability you know they've got the skill set already um, and, and they're used to sort of competing quite a bit so it is really exciting um, I guess how, what, what, how am I going to help them probably just with the usual directing them around from 10 um, and you know, if they've got any questions they can they can help me I think 
as you know, one of the toughest places to go is France away. Um, so we, we played them last year and we had quite a few youngsters in the squad then. So just preparing them for the atmosphere and, and the noise, um, I think on a practical level, just things like you can't hear calls on the pitch. You know, you have to run up to someone to tell them the call because of the noise that they bring. So little stuff like that, I guess, I'll probably yeah be helping them with. I was talking to, to Roland Phillips, here, your, your, your international coach, uh, I think it was last Six Nations, he was talking about the, that development that you've been speaking about this, this morning, about uh, the young girls coming in and playing and getting used to a rugby ball in hand. So when it gets to kind of 17, 18, late teens, early 20s, coming into the national squad, actually a lot of those kind of base skills are kind of there and, and it's just honing those. So that, that must be a, a, a real advantage. Is there any young young women in that squad that you, you could point out and say, Do you know, these are two or three players that you really need to look out for in the next one, two, three, five years? Yeah, for me, um, Kaylee Powell is definitely one that I'd look out for. Um, she actually played for us in the Commonwealth Games uh, in for sevens when she was, I think she was 17, 18. She was very young. Um, and she's just a great athlete. She's the, the kind of player that brings the same intensity and performance no matter who she's playing against. Um, so she's, I think they're still figuring out where what position they're going to play her. She can play 9, 10, um, maybe potentially even 12. So, um, you know, maybe a bit of a utility back, but she's got a lot of potential. And then you've got uh, Manon Johns. So she played last year, was her first season for us. Uh, again, she was 17, I think, starting in the Six Nations. And uh, she's a, a flanker. And... <laughs> the hits that she puts in she's one of those players that doesn't understand touch rugby like she can't oh. do anything under than 100 <laughs> percent. so every single training session whether that she's in bristol with me now so it's like bristol or welsh training session i have to go up to her multiple times and remind her not to tackle anyone <laughs> she just takes people out left right and center when we're just doing touch it's you quite just funny. need to make sure but you're always on her team <laughs> yeah exactly having that on the pitch is is awesome and so it's obviously we've already touched on that it's going to be an exciting campaign. You've got 14 new players involved, young, expi- um, exciting talent coming up. I mean, in terms of the schedule, if you're able to, if you even know about how Roland is looking at the internationals, you know, and what your part will be played in that. I mean, is he going full throttle strong or is this an opportunity to really blend and mix and bring in some new players into that mould over those, over those five weeks of competition? I think the beauty of having five games is that he can do both. So he can target some games. Um, I'm, I'm guessing maybe Ireland, um, potentially Spain or Scotland. Oh, definitely Barbarians. He'll probably target a couple of those ones to, you know, try out his full strength side. Um, and then you've got crochets and, and maybe one of the other international teams that we're playing. I'm not sure which one he'll pick, but um, that he'll look to blood through some of those youngsters. There might be a game where he'll, you know, play a bit of a mixture. So. It's nice that we've got, you know, a variety of, of sort of international teams to play against um, and on a, a variety of stages. That Barbarians game is going to be epic, you know, a doubleheader with the men. Warren Gatlow's coaching the men. Um, we've got Rachel Taylor coaching the women, our ex-captain, um, and it's in the Principality Stadium. So that's one I think that everyone will be really looking forward to. It doesn't really get much better than that for, for a Welsh player, does it, playing at the Principality for your country? Um doubleheader with the men's I mean that's fantastic and I mean aside from playing obviously you're heavily involved in the heart of um, school of hard knocks as a coach um, does that kind of help aid you as a player um, seeing like things from um, a different perspective seeing the bigger picture those types of things yeah definitely um, in two ways I think it 
definitely brings me right back down to earth. So we, we, I went away to um, America with the Barbarians and we beat, beat them by one point in the last play of the game. And it was an epic game. It was a whirlwind of a tour. We were only away for four or five days. And then the next day we landed and then I was straight back in work. Um, and I was on a massive high, bought my shirt in to show and everything. And then two of the girls were having a fight on the pitch and I, I had to get in the middle of them and try and calm them down. And then, I, you know, so it does bring you right back down to earth um, in a really good way. Um, and secondly, the girls are just insane at tackling. Like, because they haven't played before, um, they've got no bad habits. So, you, you know, you teach them how to tackle, textbook tackle, they go out and they just execute it every time. Um, so I definitely try and uh, try and take some inspiration from there from them <laughs> with that as well. And so, what is the what is the ambitions for you, Al? Like, what what's around the corner? Is it coaching in the in the long run, and then looking towards Rugby World Cup as a player? <clears throat> yeah, as a player, I think you know everyone now we're in a, a cycle towards the World Cup. So I think most players playing international at the minute are going to be hoping to you know play and make an involvement in in that. Um, so that is definitely one thing that I'm aiming for. Uh, with School of Hard Knocks, I'm hoping just to continue working for them and, and growing the charity within Wales, um, hopefully taking on more schools and working my way up there. Um, long run, I'd really like to coach, um, but that's obviously a long way in the distance once I've retired. Brilliant, and still carrying on being a foodie, no doubt. <laughs> still carry on being a foodie, yeah. Still being a princess with the food. <laughs> Al, really, really nice to speak to you today. We'll, we'll let you get back off to your training session. Really appreciate you talking to us today. And um, personally, all the best of luck against Harlequins at the weekend. Thank you very much. Nice to chat to you. Great yeah. stuff. Thanks so much. She's called the princess. You would know birth. As a 12, covering her, yeah. Right, oh, I see. <laughs> is, that, is that what it's about, do you think? Yeah, just 10s always are a bit prima donnas, aren't they? Don't like tackling too much and they like to just do all the fancy stuff. But, I mean, you say fancy stuff, but she is a very, very gifted footballer. Uh, yeah, I don't think you, you stay in the game as long as she has at the international level without being very, very good at what she does. And I think whenever we faced her as an England side, we'd always have her as a target that we have to watch out for. Her left step and able to kick the ball away was something that we had to always practice in training. It was those typical things where somebody had to pretend to be her um, and we'd have to try and defend it as much as we could before leading into that game. And there is hope for you, for you oldies. There's still a few of you getting out there and doing it. Rocky Clark scored at the weekend as well. I know. Rocky's like, you know, she's coming into her prime. <laughs> there is a new story from Wales, which uh, we wanted just to make you aware about on the WRP. Brooke Morris, a Nelson RFC player, went missing over the weekend. The 22-year-old is slight with long dark hair. If you have any information at all, please call 101, quoting the reference 19003780028. That number again, 19003780028. The social media tag is Bring Brooke Home. Uh, just looking ahead now to the, the weekend's fixtures from the Tyrrells. Premier 15s, round five. Let's go chronologically. That uh, live stream game, uh, Twyford Avenue. Was against Loughborough Lightning. 
I think this is going to be a good game, actually. I think you've got Lightning on the back of that big result. Um, clearly, ha- they had a lot of possession. And then you talk about Wasps, how they played last weekend in terms of their defensive effort. So it's going to be interesting how Loughborough deal with that and deal with the the threat of that because Wasps frustrated and were the consequence of all Bristol's errors from their defensive efforts. So it'd be interesting to see how Loughborough Lightning cope with that. And I just wonder whether that was a really good game for Loughborough because they, they were coughing and sputtering and actually to get some rhythm okay, against uh, Fearwood Waterloo with, with the greatest respect, but to get some rhythm into their game may have done them the world of good. Yeah, definitely. It looked like they, it was a clear plan out there and they delivered and they executed really clinically. So I think you know going into this game, it's going to be a different level of expectation. I think the intensity is going to be higher than probably what they experienced at the weekend. Um, so you know for them to have this game in between on the back of Saris, it's going to be a really good game. Gloucester Hartbury against Worcester. Joe Yap at the helm with that new coach. Positivity run through the side at near neighbours. Yeah, I think you can't expect, you know, things to drastically change over a couple of sessions that she's been there. Um, but she will bring, you know, her, her passion and her pride of about being at Worcester and, and hopefully, you know, gelling that team together. And, you know, anything could happen. So, you know, something new in the waters and could really look out what happens against Gloucester Hartbury. Fieldwood Waterloo hosting Saracens. I think we're probably going to expect a very much similar um, scenario as what the last two weekends have been for Saracens. Um, they'll be getting across the whitewash quite a lot, I would have thought. And Harlequins entertain Bristol. I suspect very, very keen to uh, to make amends for last weekend. Yeah, I, yeah. There's, sometimes that's the worst time to play a team when they come out frustrated and bruised and battered on the back of a result like that. And you know, but we've got some pretty exciting matchups in those games. You've got Sarah Byrne going against Shauna Brown. You know, head to head, right position. Autumn Internationals around the corner. So, yeah, it's going to be um, a pretty you know head to head game next weekend. And just up the A three one six Richmond entertain DMP Sharks. Again, this is going to be quite a good one. DMP, obviously, on the rise. Um, Darlington, you know, last weekend, put in some good passages of play against Harlequins. And you can see that we've seen week in, week out, that Richmond are improving. So it'd be that would be quite a, a tight game, I would have thought. So that's it for, for this week. Before we go, it's time to thank our guest, Eleanor, for joining us this week and producer, Jeremy. Join us again next time when we are joined by another big name from around the world of women's rugby. Yes, next week we'll catch up with England skipper Sarah Hunter to look ahead to the Red Roses Autumn Series. And remember, you can subscribe to our podcast. And rate it, but only if it's five-star rating. And whatever you're doing to promote the women's game, wherever you are, keep it up. Until next time.